Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Diaz. I'm Chris. I'm Scott. And we're keeping you in the loop with the guitar community. This episode is brought to you by Westminster Effects. Go check them out, westminstereffects.com. They've got some amazing stuff. Uh, I think we've talked about it plenty of times before, but they make awesome pedals that cover such a wide variety. You get a lot of these smaller builders um, that just kind of stick with dirt or kind of stick with this. He's got an amazing reverb. He's got a, a direct... Uh, direct that Geneva Cab AC. Sim is fantastic. Yeah, the Geneva, well, it's an amp sim and it's got a cab yeah. built in and it runs XLR out, which is a common thing that you don't see in these. Nope. And you've also got, uh, what else do you have? You've got amazing drive sections to pick from. You've got uh, the Tremolo, the uh, Luther tap trim is amazing. You could do an entire Westminster board, no problem, any day of the week. And everything I've ever gotten from Westminster Effects is built sturdy. It looks great, and I've not had one issue out of any of my pedals, which is a very big thing to say, because you get a lot of these, especially with the smaller builders, where they're doing some, you know, they're soldering this stuff and, and things happen. I've not had one single problem out of anything I've gotten from them. Yeah, I mean, customer service is always an issue sometimes in this business, but, you know, he's a he's a staunch believer in the, you know, if you have a problem with him, you address it face-to-face mm -hmm. and he doesn't address it to face-to-face -face, you go get a church elder together yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is it it's biblical. You, uh, i think it's uh matthew 18 18 15 he's gonna get uh, mad at us he, he knows this i know the top of he knows it by heart he's gonna listen and his eyes gonna twitch <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you guys oh no no um matthew 15 is that which defiles let's not go there no. uh, matthew 18 is conflict resolution yeah that's my favorite episode of the office as well is the conflict resolution well i'm just this is just me gloating when, when, that i'm right which i'm sure is not biblical but suck it diaz yeah, re yeah. <laughs> redacted my response is redacted <laughs> um all right so check out westminster effects great company go support them that helps to support us also, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the effects loop. I actually remembered to plug it early in the episode. You can go there and join the masses and masses and masses. And by that, I mean, each masses represents one person that supports us. So stop uh, calling our listeners fat. <laughs> uh, so we, well, we've got to do a shout I'm out. Cultivating got, mass, bro. We've got a new supporter and that's, is it, I'm guessing it's fur Ben fur. Thank you very much for supporting us. He actually got us our topic for today. He's in our chat room that we've got. And I like calling it a chat room because it reminds me back of the good old AOL days. And so you can, if you donate, you get to uh, join that. We have to send out stickers. Scott, Chris, you saw the stickers, right? Yes, I found them. So I need still need to send some to whoever I'm guessed so what was in my bag. And then I can, if... Uh, yeah, I'll message Ben now before I forget. Yeah, <laughs> live on air. I think we get his address through Patreon, but you could just ask him directly too, so that way I don't have to log in. True, because my stuff likes to sign me out of all of my emails, so I probably did not see the email. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, 
Thank you for all of our supporters and all of our future supporters. We thank you ahead of time. All right, so let's move on to what for, it, for those that are about to support us. We salute you. Yeah, for those about to rock. Sorry, um, Chris. Anything new? Uh, negative. I did not get a single thing new this week. That's a negative Ghost Rider. <laughs> all right. Well, Scott. Uh, so cats out of the bag on my thing, but, uh, for those that are not in our Facebook group, uh, I got a really fun toy this week. Uh, so my new, uh, I got a Paul Reed Smith CE 24 semi hollow and Trampus green and it is beautiful. Yeah, it looks fantastic. And I do want to point out, he did pick the one out of the three that I said I would have gotten. Diaz helped me pick the top on it. Yeah, which is awesome. It will. I mean, all of a lot of the PR all of them were good. They're they're they were all great. I'm more of a, a symmetry guy, and that one I think had some of the most symmetry. And I don't like mm-hmm. the really big lines that show on some of them. And that one I mean, was very. This one had thick grain lines. It just it well, wasn't not, as busy as a few of the other ones. Well, I'm talking about like the I guess kind of the wave pattern. You know how like kind of mm-hmm. uh, it, it's the bigger wave pattern and that yeah. one was very down the middle and but i mean a, a big grain pattern is amazing and it just it, it looks great it sounded great too he did a video did you do that on in the group uh so i did a live stream where so you get live streaming audio and then did i send you i just recorded a video on my desktop maybe i should post that in the group maybe i don't know yeah you sent us the live stream of your church today but it was during the guy preaching and i could have rewound it no, you can't rewind it if it's live. You can totally rewind live stream. Uh, not on my phone. I couldn't. Well, something's broke with your phone because I was able to do it on my phone. Well, it, every time I tried to change it, it just said live and it wouldn't let me a slide. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe you you might have been opening the video in a Facebook browser instead of the app. Oh, that could probably do it. That might have been it. Well... Anyway, that link should work now. It should be cached. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm. I just totally got distracted. Did, did anyone back in the day remember uh, when at payphones you had to like? Uh, I don't know if it was just me, but like my mom would drop me off somewhere and to let her know that I was ready to get picked up. I'd call the house phone, and when they're like, "Say your name," you'd like say something really fast, like "Mom, I'm ready to get picked up," and like you'd hear her answer the phone and listen to it, and you just hang up really quick before she accepted the charges. Was I remember hearing that? about people. I remember. I, I still remember the commercial where there was a guy doing that, and he's like, "We had a baby eat some." <laughs> yeah, we had a baby eat some. <laughs> that was uh, Corey Nigro where we were talking about that. <laughs> that's it, Mom. I had a baby eat some boy, and that's exactly <laughs> what I used to do. And uh, thinking about that's just fantastic. Sorry, I just had a like middle school flashback. Sorry, go ahead, Scott. You can talk about your guitar again. Oh no, it's uh, like I'm not- it's. It's beautiful. Um, and I love it. I played it in church today. It was great. Um, the sad part was, for some reason, I buy a brand new guitar and suddenly I have the cheapest guitar on stage for this oh, week. Wow. Oh my gosh. Um, one of our, our church worship leader pulled out the, the Gibson Hummingbird that our church owns mm. and repaired it. So he's using that now instead of his, he's got a cheap acoustic that he was using before. Um, and one of the other guitar players who hasn't played in a while, he has this like early 2000s, late 90s Taylor 600 series with an Avalon preamp. Wow. 
So it sounds fantastic. I always, I think, I still think it's funny that my most expensive guitar is an acoustic. I'm really not an like. Right. I guess I'm an acoustic oh, it, player it, now, but that was. I mean, my Taylor 414 is still. I don't know what 414s are going for these days, but because I got mine for 1600 new back in 2005. So I mean, it's been a while. I bet you, I bet you 414s go for more than PRS CEs, but 414 CE. Yeah. Those are twenty three ninety nine. Yeah, so it's the same price. Okay. Yeah. So it's still not the most expensive guitar I own, I guess, technically, but it's the most I've paid for a guitar. Yeah. Wow. Oh, Brant Miller. Ask a quest. Ask an expert. Sorry. That's one of my friends. Okay. Uh I didn't get anything new this week. Yeah. No? No. I- no, you got something new this week. Did I? Yeah. You got a job. Oh yeah. Well, I I hope. I'm still waiting. You start tomorrow. <laughs> well, don't you? I mean, technically, yeah. But I also took a drug test on Friday, so let's all cross our fingers on that one. Because <laughs> if you listen to uh, our podcast often, you you do know that I'm a I like you know I'm in the same category as uh, like Robert Keeley and stuff like that. But man, I so I went and I was detoxing, uh, not like like sick on the couch detoxing, but like a natural detox. Um, I was taking a whole like seven day detox thing and I even had a detox drink and all that. And man, that kills your stomach. I'm just happy that my stomach's back to normal. That was horrible. Is, uh, the electric lettuce, uh, legal in in Tennessee? yet? No, no, not at all. Even if it was, they could still say no. Cause even if it's legal, the only time that they really can't say anything is if it's like medically prescribed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, I, we still kind of have to deal with that over here in Colorado because it's not like a federal level thing. So depending on like, if you're mm-hmm. getting something in like corporate America, you right. really got to worry about that. And uh, I mean, we still, we like Canada fully legalized it across the country and we still have a policy about it. So, mm-hmm. and that's, that's kind of the thing. The hard part is, is just because the way uh, that the THC goes into your body it gets stored in your fat cells and so for i mean honestly up to like 60 days depending on how much you exercise how like like i'm a big guy like i had to get a specific drink that was for people over 200 pounds and it depends on how much you exercise which the only time i'm breathing heavy is when i'm watching cops and like it's it just really depends so we'll see i mean honestly i could show up tomorrow and they could be like hey we got our, your drug test back we're we're rescinding our offer i don't know i i kind of wonder if you show up positive for weed but just weed i i imagine most places are like whatever um but well, we'll no see. like because i've like i was i got the like new hire packet and all that and it's all digital dude uh-huh. this is like an old school company like they i mean they have to say that but oh, no they don't I mean, they really don't. Um, well, it, it gives them like, dude. The the reality. I understand, is, I understand the the legal and the the insurance. Yeah, consequences. Yeah, I get it. But there's certain things like here it is. Um, it it says anything applicants that have failed the past drug test. Like I could, I could reapply in six months if I was to fail, and um, also it says that it's anything that is that is locally state or federally illegal so that's where like even if it became legal in tennessee it's still federally illegal and they could use that yeah 
Gotcha. Uh, that's where it's like they're kind of taking, they even have like their alcohol levels listed here. If you blow a 0 0.00 to 0 0.199, it's considered a negative test. If you blow 0 0.02 to 0 0.0399, you'll be suspended without pay for a few days, stuff like that. And then anything above a point yeah. four, you're terminated. I, I remember when I had a manual labor job, I had rules like I can't even consume a beverage within X amount of hours of my start time. Right. Yeah, that's, that's how my last job was. Right. When I was working in an office. It was just a dry campus that you couldn't even come with any alcohol in your system. Yeah. So, I mean, I my know. office has a kegerator in it. <laughs> um, oh, well. Um, that's, nice. that was, that's like, a, I have a friend who lives in, I think, North Carolina or South Carolina. When, I think it might be South Carolina. And his job literally like has beer on tap yeah. during the workday. Yeah. A lot of offices are doing that now. Shoot, I would. Which mine? I'm a space know. cadet. The minute I have a drink, though, so like <laughs> when we do like if I do like a client lunch and they want to have a beer, my afternoon's shot. I'm not getting anything done. <laughs> it's not like I'm drunk. I'm just like I'm done. You yeah, know? like I just check out. See, I'm one of those people. Like once, it's not like once I start, I don't stop drinking. It's once I start drinking, I'm gonna get to that good spot where I'm still functioning. I'm not gonna be driving, but I'm not like passed out, slurring, going crazy. I just know that at that point, and then I'm ready to take a nap. It's business drunk, Lee. Yeah, I'm, I'm business drunk. I'm like mad. You're still, it's still okay to drive. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Buzz driving is drunk driving, Scott. Only you can prevent forest fires. Stuff tells us on the billboard. Listen, I felt so much pressure as a kid whenever I found out I was the only one who could prevent forest fires. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's so much pressure to put down one kid. <laughs> That's a lot to handle whenever you're six. Uh, I mean, All right, air. let's dive into some news, guys. I'm sorry, Smokey. I'm sorry. All right, let's get, yeah, let's move on to gear news. <laughs> so this first thing, we got the Guild Starfire, the one series. Um, they just got a new budget line. And it's supposed to be like the greatest for like six to seven hundred dollars, or is it six to eight hundred dollars? Uh, four ninety nine euros is okay. The highest one is five ninety nine. Hey Siri, how much is five hundred ninety nine euros in American dollars? American. Five hundred ninety nine euros is six hundred sixty one dollars and forty four cents. Okay. So competing with the was it the not the Gritch Electromatic? Uh, Guild Starfire DC Hollow Body is for sale for four ninety nine for musician's friend. Okay. Um, and I'm seeing some up to five ninety nine. That's the DC, the double cut. Double cut. Okay. Which with is, without the Bigsby. Yeah, Bigsby Bigsby bumps it up a hundred bucks. Okay. Or you can just go. Well, no, because you don't want to go from hardtail to. All right. So what? Let's, let's start by explaining what the Starfire 1 series are. Mm -hmm. These are guilds fully hollow. Right. Hardtail and Bigsby equipped. Two humbucker. I would say the double cut is close to an ES shape while avoiding copyright issues. Yes. Yes. And the the single cut is closer to... Was it 135 or something like that? Or? Uh, I would call that more of a Gretsch shape. Would that be a fair? It, the controls yeah. are Gibson. It. Like it's still the 
two-tone, two-volume, and a three-way switch. So it's not the crazy Gretsch control layouts. It, it looks... Uh, no, I would have to say uh, close to a 135 style. Yeah, I'd go more Gibson okay. just because of the point. Cause yeah, I'm going uh, to send it to you. Yeah, Gretsch's are a little more rounded. Yeah. Yeah, it almost has like a... Because, yeah, it has a sharp cutaway. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's see. Send. So that's the 135 I found. It doesn't have the, the like trapeze style bridge. It is a hardtail, mm-hmm. but th- if you look at their burst versus this one that I just sent you, besides it being har- humbuckers instead of P90s, yeah, it's the exact yeah. same thing. Hmm. So, I so I I get I have so many questions. Um, I have Guild is Guild still part of Fender? Yes, Guild is still owned by the F- FMIC. Okay. I don't I don't recall Guild being foreign produced. Yes. For a Guild, long time. It used to be like were, all New York produced, now, right? Guild used to be in Korea as well. Is that where these are? Um, I, these prices, I bet it's a, that sounds Chinese let's see. or Indonesian, not I think Korean would price this in the 800s. You think so? I, I yeah. Okay. I mean, I could be wrong again, but it's been it's been known. Um, let's see. They, I know Guild. Guild does still have U.S. built models. Um, Venetian cutaways. Let's see. Those are the CE models. Um, As we both read websites, trying to figure out. Yeah, Guild import brands. In the early 70s, Guild began to form import brands for acoustic and electric guitars made in Asia. Total three import brands, Madeira, Burnside, and Diamond. So they did not, all of their import stuff was under a different brand. Yeah, Uh, according to Musician's Friend, these are from Indonesia. Okay, and then after Fender purchased Guild in the mid-90s, reissues of some of the Guild electric guitars were manufactured in Korea under the Diamond brand name. So when Diamond came back, they started doing that in Korea. Yeah. So Indonesian made five hundred to six hundred dollars. Right. These look like they're they're competing with I would say Epiphone Sheridan. Yeah, the Epiphones, and then because they're full hollow, I would even throw in the Electromatic series from Gretsch. Yes. Because I don't the, think any of that is that the six hundred that six thousand series or is that uh, five? The five. Okay. Because if I remember right from when I was looking, you still have like the fifty one twenties, um, and they have the same model base model number, but there's I think it might be a letter difference that denotes whether it's full hollow or not. I'm on musician's friend; I can find out. <laughs> so i mean that's that's that price point i i'm so i'm very curious do these play well and how do they sound because they're proprietary pickups or at least they're claiming to be push pull so they're doing coil splits fun um so feature wise they're giving epiphone a run for their money uh, if the quality is there yeah, that's kind of, uh, you know, and that's the thing. But, you know, it's funny because we compare these to Gretsch as well in the Electromatic series, which is also a Fender uh, brand. Well, Fender distributes Gretsch. Okay. Yeah. 
they're not own they don't have an ownership stake to my knowledge okay so it, it's not the same relationship like okay yeah so these are actually price wise more on the uh i think they call it the streamliner series from gretch so the like uber basic models okay but those still play pretty well so if it's on par with those you should be good I don't know. I, so this is an area where there's actually some really good competition. There is, yeah. And there's a lot of demand. So these could really be a success. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. The, one of the things is, too, is it's uh, a very classic look, especially with... And that's where some of these companies are that they're going against. I mean, I'd say with the... Uh, um, like the Supros. Or not Supros. Uh, G Angelicos, which is kind of in this price point some of their guitars are kind of in this price point but they're not these don't have a gaudy look they really have a nice classic right. look to them i mean they're distinctly different from gibson's at the same time like they're not they look it's, it really doesn't good. feel like yeah. someone's trying to comp like fully copy it's 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 got its own trademark things like the pickguard shape is a classic guild <laughs> look so yeah. i don't i so I mean, the real question is, is the quality there? Which, I mean, I I think there's good potential for it to be there. The fretboards, um, I don't like the way the fretboards look. They look like they'd be kind of dry, kind of have that. Uh... I uh, That's because probably they're Sapelli instead of. Uh, what is Sapelli? It's a kind of rosewood that's not rosewood. Oh. Uh, or maybe, no, I'm thinking mahogany. Sapelli is a kind of mahogany that's not mahogany. Anyway, I, I think this that you might find that there's still uh no they're saying they're rosewood fingerboards again because the CITES treaty's up, right? Or like they're allowing guitars now. I need to translate this website. Excuse me while I rummage through my drawer and make sounds and noise. Excuse <laughs> me while I kiss this guy. Um that's a callback to a point we were not recording. Uh, <laughs> Something's mahogany on this. Yeah, the body. Yeah. Okay. Whatever Halls is, I'm on the Thalman website. Oh, um, here, I can change it to English. Oh no, they're German. Never mind. So it's not. It, it's it's a Guild vibrato, not a Bigsby per se. But that actually might allow it to be a higher quality than an import Bigsby. That's fair. So we'll see. It's a rosewood fretboard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's two different colors here, though. Like, that Pelham Blue in their example is a much darker board than the others. Yeah. But who knows? I So, yeah, these should be coming out actually in April, I think, is when the the release is expected. So when these hit the street, I, I'm sure these are going to be hanging at Summer Nam. so I'm excited to check them out. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to the next thing. Scott, you can explain this to us. <laughs> Please, like five. So, if you are a somehow marketed, have a marketing profile as I play guitar on Facebook, you've probably seen ads for this thing. Um, there's been a Kickstarter Kickstarter going up for the Mod Devices Dwarf, which is a, a new multi-effects processor uh, built upon. So, Mod Mod Devices already has a device out there called the Duo, which is a bit more expensive. And a whole ecosystem that's out there of it's it's open source, so you can actually develop using like Max MSP or some of the other softwares. Literally model your own pedals, and this is going to be Helix Stomp 
ish size. Mm-hmm. Um, coming in at a much lower price point, and there are claims that it's going to be continually updated, which it could be believed because Mod Devices has already updated their device a number of times with the Duo. Um, so it's it's your full rig in a rig in a digital platform kind of a thing. Um, they have their own ecosystem. They have a they have a desktop editor where you actually like literally drag cables between pedals and create your own arrangements and its own UI. Um, so there's plenty of demos out there essentially of how this thing is going to sound. Now the question is for this one of does the feature set and the price tag line up and what's becoming an increasingly crowded uh, marketplace? Because now you got the PodGo, you got the HXFX, and then you at, at the bottom end, you still have like the more GE20 or GE200 and a few of those kind of devices. So I guess for you guys looking through this stuff of, uh, I don't know, they're... Their pledges are asking for something around like three hundred fifty bucks right now. Thereabouts, yeah. Um, thoughts? And so the big thing that, like, when you uh, were kind of explaining it to us, was that it's open source, and that scares the crap out of me because it seems like there's just a lot of room to mess it up. Yes, but at the same time. It means now there's a marketplace for new stuff. Yeah. More so, I mean, l- last week we were talking, I guess it's weird. I'm the one introducing this because I was the downloading presets or a cheating guy. Uh, we were talking about like people are selling packs and there's all this kind of stuff out there and like people trying to sell mm-hmm. updates, which I, I gotta guess at some point Helix is going to start a subscription or something like that for its future updates. I can't imagine they're just going to do free updates for that thing indefinitely, unless they're going to do another hardware generation or something like that. Um, so open source means more content can come to your, your device. Yeah. I don't see why they'd ever charge for the updates after. I mean, well, at a certain point, hardware sales slow. That's when they come out with new hardware. Well, so that's the question: Is new hardware enough to justify getting rid of the Helix at this point? Well, they'd have, yeah, they'd have to definitely bring it up a notch yeah. or something. I don't know. And just in an increasing marketplace, you're seeing these folks where they're saying, hey, "You know what? We're not gonna, we're not gonna update anything anymore. So we're moving to the subscription model now." Yeah. So it, that is an interesting thing of what is the future of. What, what's the future business model of guitar effects look like with these multi-effects pedals? But anyway, at this price point in feature set, it's aggressive. For sure. It's fully funded already, so they're going to move forward with it, which shouldn't be a surprise because the Mod Duo has been out of stock for forever. Um, so right now they've got 115 amps and cabinets, 180 effects, 30 virtual instruments, and 30 MIDI utilities. So I'm guessing you can expand this using MIDI, right? Using a MIDI oh, controller. Yeah. So like you can get yeah. the Morningstar MC6 or MC8 and just yep. go completely crazy with it. Yeah, because it only has three knobs right now, or three three uh, stomps, and three knobs and three buttons. So controls on it. So here here's where this hangs up for me, is I think 
you pretty much only can really use a desktop editor on this thing effectively. Okay. Because the UI, I think, is going to be challenging on the pedal itself compared okay. to something like that was that was the real plus of the Headrush series was the UI on those things are fantastic. It's just, it's 11 rack in a pedal. So it is 10 year old tech, you know? Yeah. It'd be nice if they gave us an app for this. Cause I feel like that would be a pretty solid oh, leap forward the, would be giving the, an app. The delivery on this is so far away. Yeah, it's it's always out. December 2020. Oh. Well, the neural D- DSP thing is like oh, around that time frame too. I you know what? Here's my question. Do you think with these companies that are doing such a far out date, they're just announcing to their competition? Like I'm I'm sure that like Line 6 and Fractal and all these other companies that they um it takes longer than a few months to develop this. Like I get that. Yeah. But you've got these smaller companies going up against these pretty big companies. Like I know line six probably isn't the hugest company in the world, but I mean, they're part of Yamaha. Well, I know, but they're they're They operate in a different sense because Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like one guy goes from making the acoustics over to, you know, putting together a helix. It's it's, not the same guy. Yeah. That's not Teddy Yamaha. (laughs) Dang it, Teddy! Um, but they're they're showing their hand, like could, uh, yeah. It it's a little. It is one of those things. Like I remember, um, we people really critiqued uh, uh, Brian Wampler and Wampler pedals for releasing the Terraform too early. Yeah, or at least showing the Terraform too early, Didn't and then taking a while leaked. to deliver on it. I thought it got leaked. No, he brought it to Nam. Yeah, I remember right. But he brought it to Nam with like only half the algorithms there yeah and, and and changed it a lot in the process of getting it there so uh i don't know i just think that they're showing these small companies that cannot mm-hmm. uh develop as fast as the larger companies are showing the hand and especially mm-hmm. when it's something like this do you i mean do you not do you do you think line six couldn't kick out something that's open source before december 2020 uh, if they even would it would really be it, i'm saying but i'm saying like these large companies, they could bust it out. So here's here's where I think the tricky thing with that is, is if if you let your software become open source, mm-hmm. right? That means you show your entire hand. Okay. You know. Yeah. So now that we see with this with this group, oh hey, here's their tube screamers algorithm. Yeah. It's copyable. Whereas right now in the line six world. It's not like you get to open up those things and see those that that package of information, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, or let alone export it to anything else and use it in anything else, right? Like it's all proprietary and it's baked into the Helix ecosystem only. Okay. Um, whereas, like things like impulse responses, right? Like impulse responses are pirated like crazy because you can't put any DRM on a wave file, like right? That. Uh, so you know people are just sharing them and pirating them and everything like that. Uh, there's no control anymore. And so these like plugins for like, again, the tube screamer model and that thing, it's not an impulse response. There's more, there's algorithms in there. It's more complicated than just a wave file of an, of an impulse response of a tube screamer. Yeah. Uh, so there's just more to it. Um, and so if, if line six were to go open source, realistically, what they'd probably do is create a converter 
that takes an open source format and lets it like come into their ecosystem through a black box that people still don't like get to see what's going on. So no one can grab the algorithms from line six. Yeah. That's what I think is going on. Okay. All right. Bingo. All right. Let's move on to the next and final thing. So I wanted to talk about this because this was really cool. Um, We see a lot of cross promotion with builders, but very rarely do we see a builder actually launch a pedal for another builder or announce it, which was really cool. JHS has been doing an amazing uh, YouTube channel and doing episodes pretty much weekly, I believe. And it's been really cool to see what he talks about and people like he actually jacks up the market sometimes like with the Behringer pedals, whenever he talked about Behringer and how great they were, everyone went nuts. And especially like with the FZ one Behringer clone, which was already kind of a sought after pedal. Then it just kind of exploded whenever he talked about it. Yeah. Josh has a, Josh has a knack of breaking the used market. Yeah. If he could, if he could talk about our podcast, that would be great. And just like break us. I feel weird saying that. It didn't sound right coming out. No, it doesn't. It didn't sound great. That reminds me of the jokes (laughs) that told us, but we're going to pass that. Uh, So uh, this is uh, the Mojo Hand Dream Mender, which is a deluxe memory man style delay in a single pedal enclosure. And it's really cool. It, It has really cool artwork. It's very simple, but it, what is this? You got the chorus and vibrato switch on there. You got a delay knob, a blend knob, and a feedback knob. And to see JHS announce this was really cool. And it, it's something that I haven't really seen done before. Because if you know, if you announce kind of someone else's pedal, usually it's because you have a hand in it. And yeah, well, I mean, John has helped design some of the JHS pedals. John's helped design a lot more pedals than people realize. Yeah, John's Both the Muffaletta. Yeah. The Muffaletta whole switching network thing, which made that thing really feasible. That was John. Oh. Right. And and uh, anyone who likes Tap Tempo, you can thank John. Yeah, actually, Tap Tempo was one of the, my first comments about this puddle. It doesn't have Tap Tempo. It does not have it Tap Tempo. It. Well, the, the <laughs> biggest, but it's if they're trying to reproduce the Deluxe Memory Man, yeah. they're not going to do a Tap Tempo. I would also say that's what the deluxe version of this is going to be for another 30 bucks, 40 bucks. Do you think he's going to do and that? It, it, well, it would justify the prices. I, you think I mean, this is $180. No, I think 180 is aggressive for a boutique pe- delay pedal in this market. It really oh, is. yeah. Yeah. Like this pedal could have been $220. That's exactly no the number I was thinking was 220 This is a 220 yep. pedal. And the thing is... If it had tap tempo. I mean, the good thing about Mojohan and QSAC is because all the stuff that people outsource, John does in-house. John's actually the guy that everyone gets to do this stuff for them. So yeah, he prints circuit boards in-house. He does he does assembly, surface mount. He does the uh, he does even wire cutting for people. Like Yeah, for, he's actually uh well, he does more than just pedals too. Like he has other markets that he serves through QSAC engineering. Yeah. Um but the really cool part that he has now too is uh he bought up a bunch of them the mammoth um oh yeah he's got that parts parts. he's got the parts, and so he's he's slowly launching a a pedal parts site now too right which uh holland michigan is not far from me oh really Uh, so um that would be 
I would go to him first. Well, I'd get the parts faster than the thing about Brooklyn the, or, uh, 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 you know, uh, Norman, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Uh, the, I mean, in, in the Mojo Hand brand, if people don't know the history behind that, it was started by a gentleman named Brad Fee, who had a, he really just did a, a great job building the foundation of that company and starting it. And at, he got out of the pedal business and sold it to John and John just took it in his run with it. And mm-hmm. there's just so much cool stuff going on. It's really funny. Cause I, when the first time I heard about Mojo hand was actually whenever I had a, the Colossus fuzz and that was a great fuzz pedal, by the way. But I remember seeing people like freak out and think like the church people were freaking out because it said Mojo Hand. Thought it was going mm. to satanic. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. Like Mojo, like it's it's not like Yeah, that was always fun. But I still love his sacred cow. The sacred cow. Yeah, he was one of the earlier clone clone clones. Yeah. I remember and, uh, uh Cycle Hum did that one way early on. That's one of my favorite of Ryan's demos, is when yeah. he like eats a steak or ribs or something like that i think it was like <laughs> steak yeah yeah that, that's back whenever ryan wasn't mass producing demos and like each one he had spent way too much time on mm-hmm. <laughs> but he can't do that anymore but that's and like anything like, he demos costs more than a hundred dollars yeah now he's making the Never. big money he's making the big money on the little money that's right the big money on the little money but yeah, so this, from what I've heard, this pedal sounds great. But talking about what I heard, that kind of moves us into our topic. Oh, actually, quickly on this, um, first Every 50 time. of these that are sold are come in a special enclosure for 159 So if you jump on it fast, you might get a better deal. Don't tempt me. A clear-coated brush enclosure at a price of 159 Well, on the website, it says 179 so it might have already sold. Maybe. I'm going to go to the cart. I added it to my cart. It is 179 Oh, we missed it. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, hold on. If you have placed an order and the polished ones are sold out, you're the different. Oh. It's confusing. It sounds like it's a, if you get in, like you get in, but. I'm pretty sure he sold 50 of these by now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially if, if Josh Scott mentioned it. And so- it's also going to be another three days till this episode comes out so <laughs> um scott can i transition into the topics now two weeks in i don't a row, know can you two weeks in a row I, I i had a seamless transition and you're like hold the brakes <laughs> let's go back all right so rough transition we were trying to figure out a topic and i asked our chat room you're killing it right now ds how dare you oh, i'm killing it. i asked the chat room <laughs> for topics and this was one of the topics we got from our newest Patreon supporter, Ben. You buy a drive because it sounded great in demos online, but you get it and it sounds like garbage in your rig. Do you keep it and see if you can adjust your rig to suit it or sell it? If you do keep it, what do you try adjusting? So I have to say this about pedal demos online. I have bought, I've listened to a pedal. It sounded great. I got it and it did not sound great in my rig. Here's the thing. When you buy these pedals, you have to automatically just assume that's going to happen. You, The main thing that I listen for in a demo is I love listening to the clean, and that's why they usually play a clean, and then where it goes from there. 
and you can kind of think about how that'll similarly similarly similar say the word for me similarly yeah that's it how that will similarly affect your rig but i'll say this there's nine times out of ten the problem is is people plug in a pedal it doesn't sound great right away and they just don't want to even fuss with it so and number one i would not change my rig to suit a pedal period no my rig it starts from the ground up with my clean tone just what i sound like with the guitar and my amp with no effects and i build from there you know if i'm stacking drives and everything i might tweak to sound better stacked together if i plan on doing that quite a bit but that all comes with they need to sound great on their own and if they sound great together stacked, that's awesome if they don't i just don't stack them so scott what do you do whenever you get a drive pedal that does not sound as great in your rig as it did in the demo uh, get new fingers tones in the fingers <laughs> well I- I, I, I first start with expectations that I'm not expecting to sound like Andy Martin when a pedal comes in, right? But I've now done this enough times that I also know how I sound different than other demoers. Or, you know, like how my rig compares to like the Andy Martin's rig, for example. Um, so I, I can sort of imagine how things are going to sound with what I have. Right. And kind of preempt it a little bit. So... I'll be blunt. I haven't really bought a drive pedal in a while that I haven't been happy with. I would say also when buying drive pedals, just take your time. Yeah. And, and sometimes the hardest part for me, so I, I'm not a big fan of tube screamers for some reason. I've just never blended well with them, but that's also because whenever I play, if I just step on a tube screamer, it doesn't sound great. I usually like a tube screamer in front of an overdrive. Kind of like yeah, I use of, it more as a tone shaping boost than I do as actual dirt pedal. Yeah, I use it to help cut through the mix. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I've learned. But I also think that you have to. A lot of people buy these pedals not knowing what it's kind of based off of, and if you can find out, you know, if if it's a clone, you can figure out what you know what it's going to do. You can kind of assume what it's going to do to your overall tone. Mm-hmm. That's the problem too, and also. Like, I mean, I made the joke about you get new fingers. That's a big thing too. You have to understand these, you're not going to sound like these people that are demoing. You're not, but I don't, I feel like we just knocked that topic out way too fast. (laughs) I mean, so I, there, there's the other question of, okay, you start with a clean tone, right? And then use overdrive to do over clipping on itself. Mm-hmm. versus some demoers are using a dirty amp and they're pushing it. Right. So it's important to know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there it's it's a joke of, oh yeah, but here's first my clean tone is a joke, but... Um, You're hearing the bass line. You're hearing the You need uh, to control. know that. It's the control. Yeah. 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 And so you got to ask yourself, am I starting with a similar condition? So if you loved the way some demoer work looked and you... And you went, all right, um, oh, they're using a dirty amp. Maybe I should try to run mine in a dirty scenario and try to get that tone. I think that's an acceptable thing to do. 
especially when you're still really trying to figure yourself out. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll also be blunt of, I think dirt pedals are one of those things for guitar players where you can, you can kind of flounder for a while till you find your thing. Uh-huh. And yeah. like, once you find your thing, you're like, I'm never getting off this. Yeah. So like my thing's a clone. I, I use a KTR. I love it. That's my bass tone. Mine's a blue breaker. Yeah. I'm, I'm still kind of struggling with blues breakers, to be honest with you. I think I, I mentioned this in our private group. I'm like, you know, I'm not really using the King of Tone that much. Yeah. I'm just not in love with it. Like I got it, threw it on my board right away. And I was like, this is awesome. And then I slowly realized I wasn't using it. Well, I, so, think, I think one of the things that also you, we get tired of the same sound. And mm-hmm. that's a big thing too, because there's been times whenever I'll mix up drives on my board, just be just to mix it up. Like I'm tired of yeah. hearing the same sound constantly, and hearing the same sound constantly is great for like if you're a touring artist who is a big name and you want to sound the same every night, and like if you're trying to sound like your record or something like that. Like if you're say you're playing for a big name, like say you're the guitar player for I don't know Lenny Kravitz or something, and you want to play and sound as close to what people imagine on the record, like yeah, you don't want to change it up that much, but you know you you get bored with your tone after a while. That's like people are like I haven't changed my board in like three years. I'm like man, you're missing a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. <laughs> on a pedal board too showing up and it works every time <laughs> is worth its weight in gold yeah so there's there's that side of it too where i'm like i don't want to fool around with my rig anymore because it works i don't know i mean i have stuff i want to switch out like period i constantly think about swapping out my kilt for the drv um i, I, I want to play with a kilt so bad have you not nope Oh, you know, actually, who I know we're, we 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 already gave them the sponsor spot, but there is the Exegete from um, Westminster is also an ex Pandora based. Is it pedal? Yeah, so when maybe that they, might be your next Westminster purchase. When when are they due for re upping on their sponsorship? We're gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up. And... Yeah, well, we, we we should talk about those terms, Diaz and Chris. Oh no, I'm gonna we're gonna have to remind them that we moved up to three. I moved back, <laughs> back to three. Sorry, back to three, back to three. Um, but yeah, I th- what well, I forgot where else we we're going to kind of go with this. I, sorry, I'm making a lot of noise. Well, so okay, I think that those are the two questions of okay, do you change up your rig? So I would definitely think about if you're running a clean amp and you're not liking how this thing sounds, maybe edge a breakup. Well, first off, edge a breakup is better. You should be running your amp there anyway, but um do you want to dirty up your amp and then see or like push the amp into dirt with the overdrive pedal and try that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's another, yeah. Run at the edge of breakup special. I mean, if you're not able to dig into your amp and get a little bit of grit, you're doing it wrong. It, it tends to be a little lifeless on, at least for me, I play a Vox and a Fender. So if I play too clean on those things, I don't like them. I find them dull. Right. That's uh, so I've, I've been running direct and I have the Liverpool and my drive is sitting at about 11 o'clock, which is a great spot for it. Cause that's, it's, that's, that's good spot. It's a great, great spot. Um, good spot. Awesome spot. Wait on. There's mm. a thing on the website about California orders. 
please read. Sorry, I got to read this. Uh, right. Probably that he's using leaded solder. P65 warning. Yeah. Yep. Uh, dang it, California. <laughs> All right. So we also had a couple other things that we were going to talk about here. Right, rapid so, fire. Rapid fire. All right. What's your favorite? It's You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were waiting for me to do? Yeah, I just clipped my mic bad. Uh, All right. What's your favorite? <laughs> that, that was the landmine I left you. Soda flavor. Scott put pop because it's not pop. It's soda. No, I say soda. Yeah. I say What's soda. What's pop? Well, actually, I usually just call it Coke, but for the sake of the, like, I know that we're not just in the South. Is Pepsi okay? <laughs> no, there's no general term for Pepsi. There, soft no. drink. It is a soft drink or soda. Or Coke. It is a Coke as well. Can I get a Coke? Pepsi okay? No. No. <laughs> I'll take Mountain Dew then. That's the way I work. If they have if they have Pepsi products, I'll just take a Mountain Dew. All right. Yeah. So what's your favorite soda flavor? Chris. Key Lime LaCroix. That's Okay, when oh. I could actually have uh Coke. Why don't I just leave a damp rag Coke. in the sink for a week and then hand it to you, Chris? Because <laughs> that that's the uh Mandarin flavor LaCroix. Oh my gosh! No, actually, Kilim Lacroix is pretty tasty. It is. It's I mean, does it even have the, a taste? Yes. Yeah, and the, it's, it's it's the most tasty one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And okay. if you get the right. regular lime, it tastes like a uh, Fruit Loops. Really? Yeah. Okay, so what we're gonna have to do at Summer Nam is we're gonna have to do like a Diaz blind taste test on the Lacroix flavors. Yes, I'm down we're, with this. Get we'll get a blindfold I, and everything. I want to do a Pepsi challenge with Diaz with different versions of melted cheese and see what he can pick up. <laughs> Why melted cheese? I it just feel, seems like something just, you'd be a snob. About. I feel like you would call me a fat slob. Like I feel like I just imagine like a big greasy, hairy guy and sweaty, like just eating melted like a can of cheese whiz or something. Like no, well, that's your profile picture. Uh. <laughs> uh, all right, Scott, what's your favorite soda flavor? Uh so I am a big fan of vanilla Coke when I can get it. Yes. Okay. Um, but I will say that, that the vanilla Coke in the freestyle is not great. It's not as good as when it was in the cans. Yeah. Do they yeah. still sell it in the can in the store? Yes. I don't know. I don't yes. buy. So I don't buy soda for the house because then I'll just constantly be drinking sodas. And so it's just like a, it's, it's me controlling my calories. <laughs> so just don't buy it. Don't have it around. And so. Yeah, limiting the opportunities I have to get it, so it's a more special occasions kind of thing. Um, I've really been drinking Coke Zero a lot lately and been pretty okay with it. Okay, believe it or not. So there's uh those freestyle machines will do a vanilla Coke Zero. That, that's what I go for. Okay, my favorite soda is Squirt. Oh, I haven't had that in ages. Yeah, it's a grapefruit soda. It's fantastic. It's it's a refreshing soda. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like when you drink like a dark soda, like Coke or something, and, and Coke is like a close second. If I get usually, mm-hmm. I like Coke is my favorite thing. But Coke or Pepsi? Coke, Coke, Coke. yeah, Coke mm-hmm. all day. When I, would I drink- actually, I like Pepsi more than Coke, but I like mixing things into Coke. So if mm-hmm. I'm gonna do like a rum and Coke or something oh, like yeah. that, rum and Pepsi, nope. The problem with Pepsi is it's too sweet for that. Yeah, it's it's the the thing. The, I don't like Pepsi because it's got more of a syrupy flavor than coke mm. coke has more of a um, bite to it mm. and i i prefer that 
And the best thing about Coke is Coke in a can and Coke in a bottle and Coke from a dispenser are three different drinks. And then Mexican Coke. Which is the greatest of all the Cokes because it uses real sugar. So I've heard. Yeah, when I was in the Dominican Republic in high school, I remember like getting a soda every day and they were just so much better there because of the sugar cane. I'm I'm texting my wife right now. How many how many different types of soda does she have to bring home now? <laughs> no, I just asked her to get me some squirt <laughs> to drink. Nice. Or All right. Yeah, you might want to clarify so she doesn't get you. So none of us said Mountain Dew, by the way. Um. Yeah. Mount- Which, in high school, I I drank. I think I just drank too much Mountain Dew, where I don't like it anymore. I uh, I think the problem with me with Mountain Dew is because uh, I've had to stop myself from drinking Mountain Dew because I don't stop. I have like no, like. It, it, I don't think you and caffeine necessarily have the best relationship. Why is that? No, caffeine calms me down, actually. Really? Well, it's kind of like, you know how like Ritalin, if you're, if you're not ADD and, or ADHD and you take Ritalin, it like uh, kind of, it keeps you awake and everything like that. If I was to take yeah. Ritalin, I can go to sleep, no problem. I, I can drink like a oh, giant... you, So you have like, you have like the reverse direction reaction right. thing. Right. Interesting. It, it, it's kind of like, uh, if, the best way to think about it is like, if you've got a straight line, and that's mm-hmm. where it brings you to. If you're already up, it brings you down. If you're down, it brings you up. See what I'm saying? Interesting. Yeah, um, my roommate and I are the same way. Like we could almost drink coffee and then go right back to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like oh, I, can, I can't. I don't drink coffee after eleven in the morning because then I it will affect me going to sleep at night. Well, and that's also I have a I I mean I do take in a lot of caffeine, so it's kind of like I, it doesn't really it just doesn't affect me i can literally wake up in the mm. middle of the night go in the kitchen chug a mountain dew and go right back to sleep no problem <laughs> interesting it, that's one reason why i don't drink mountain dew though mountain dew is like the worst for it is i just i it doesn't quench my thirst at all and i like the not flavor. like a nice delicious squirt not like a nice delicious <laughs> squirt which is refreshing squirt. We still make it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's still there. Or or a sun drop. A sun drop's really good too. Nice. All right. None of us said Mountain Dew, but we all love Mountain Dew in our own unique ways. Right. So we were talking earlier. There's so many varieties. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Mountain Dew variety? Baja uh, Blast. Baja Blast, Baja Blast <laughs> Freeze. It's got to be the Freeze. I like the Freeze from Taco Bell. That's is it only at Taco Bell or can I get Baja Blast in like a bottle? They did it for a short amount of time, but Baja Blast was Taco Bell only for yeah. a very long time. Let's see. Mountain Dew Baja Blast. So I think it tastes like toothpaste. Really? What I had of, a bad experience. What type of toothpaste are you using? <laughs> um, you can buy it in a 12-pack. Yeah, they've got it in stores now. Okay. Ooh. I remember when Code Red came out, like that was the first oh variety, and people just went nuts for it. That was like the gamer drink was Code Red. Yeah, yeah. What's and the now wh- there's actually like drinks for gamers now. Okay, the Mountain Dew Whiteout is actually really good too, but that's a citrus flavored drink. That's why. Well, which Mountain Dew tells a what, ci- wait, wait, citrus wait. flavored, flavored Whiteout. So was it like? Does it taste like a an Airhead? The white. Mystery no, earheads? no. Oh, okay. it, it, it tastes closer to like fresca and grapefruit flavored. Okay, which Mountain Dew has a grapefruit flavor in it. That's why one of my favorite alcoholic drinks is the Diabolical Diaz, which is grapefruit vodka and Mountain Dew. Oof. Oh my gosh, it's like candy. 
it's dude, dude i have a hangover just hearing about it dude summer nam last year that was the night i saw videos oh uh, you saw live streams didn't you mm-hmm. yep <laughs> those those yep. were out there ryan was jumping from group to group we were, we were <laughs> trying to a, see who, who what he could get more watchers on oh my gosh it was absolutely yeah. insane that was by that was a crazy night we i think we just steering back to the topic uh i'm a big fan of live wire Which especially one? on a road trip it just reminds me of gas stations and driving the orange oh no mountain Dew. before they did the kickstart but like it was like the orange soda mountain dew i really enjoyed that yeah because I, I find orange soda just like it has this like corrosiveness to it where his life wire was like a little smoother right okay quick one what's your favorite what's your go-to gas station like snack like quick grab like you've got like a one minute to get in and out you know what you're gonna grab Ooh, we gotta clarify which gas station we're going to are we going to like a 7-eleven or are we talking like a pilot station we'll, we'll talk- applicable to all it, not ge- no brand specific so it has to be something that's like generic across all of them oh, good grief. and the answer is strawberry twizzlers what? that is me and my dad driving strawberry twizzlers that's uh the pull and peel strawberry the, no no the normal one no, okay. is cherry uh so there's cherry and strawberry and other regular ones but it is the regular red twizzlers. Okay. i don't think you have to d- define it as strawberry twizzlers you can find twizzlers. regular twizzlers yeah just twizzlers Okay, uh, um, I would have to say, all right, my, so my go-to is a Tabasco Slim Jim and like a Coke Icy of some sort. That's a fantastic yeah. mix. Yeah. And and if I want to go crazy, I also get a Tijuana Mama, which is a pickled sausage. <laughs> uh, I've never heard of that. I've not either, but that just... What, a pickled sausage good. or a Tijuana Mama? Both. Yes. Okay, pickled sausage is like, uh, it's like the little red sausages. So not quite the Vienna sausages, but the no, no, no. They're bigger than that. Like they're here. I'm gonna. How have you guys never heard of pickled sausages? And that is like the ultimate gas station food. Like firecracker is another one that's like a that popular brand. Yeah, those are called pickled sausage. Gotcha. How often do you get food from a gas station? How often do I have to go to the gas station? Yeah. Okay. Those of us that live in the world of Seven Eleven every day. I I'm two blocks away from two different Seven Elevens. <laughs> they're right across but. the street <laughs> from each other. <laughs> just no, nah, I mean they're just they're opposite direction. Actually, there's three. Now say, that I'm thinking is, about it, this is Seven Eleven, all within a quarter mile of me. Well, so we used to have White Hen here too. Like we had a few different convenience stores, and then like Seven Eleven bought all of them, and then didn't close any of them. So now there's just Seven Elevens everywhere here, but they're standalone convenience stores. They're not uh gas stations yeah we got a quite a few like that out here i think there's very few that actually have a gas station attached to it or it's like yeah. a circle k and then the 7-eleven is the convenience store do they have circle yeah. k out there uh, they're everywhere okay i think they're everywhere. they're not they're not in east tennessee oh not yeah. really i miss circle k oh. like circle i just get gas at costco now so that was my mom always told me not to come in the house with circle k feet where you got a bunch of dirt on the bottom because you ran the circle k without shoes on because we're from from florida and you go everywhere without shoes on for some reason wait people actually walk barefoot places yeah out in that part of the world yes yeah in florida i mean we have ice on the ground here right now so like the the idea of going barefoot is untenable do you ever run outside barefoot no 
I, I have like flip flops or something. Oh, dude, I'll I'll go outside. I, I'll, I, I'll walk out to the mailbox barefoot. I'll I don't care. Nope. I've driven barefoot. Oh, I'll drive barefoot. If if I'm wearing flip flops, I'll take them off and drive barefoot. I still want to get bare feet, like <laughs> like maybe some like slippers that are bare feet. Oh, this, yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. I can get you some Chicago Bears ones. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The All right, last question. Baker's dozen, Bob. Last question that Bernie Minds want to know before we uh, dive in. Did you say Bernie or Minds? We... We're not doing politics I... here, buddy. It's the Colonel Sanders. <laughs> uh, Who's your favorite Sanders? <laughs> Colonel Sanders. I don't like. Did you see my comment on Cody posted that one? And I was like, I don't like Orbital Sanders and their redistribution of wood pulp. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go to Orbital Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Um, favorite Creed song. Man, that's tough. I want to go obscure. Um. Oh what if is a great song that's but i will say one of my favorite ones what was it was off one of their new releases um hold on you guys go ahead i'll be back i would say my own prison yeah i'm gonna grab with wide arms wide open before anybody else does um that way it's been a while is your go default if you can't find what you're looking for that's that's been, not that's stained cream. dude oh you mean they're not the same well it's not even really stained Ooh, it, oh. it became stained but uh it was over, like a, it was a b-side on like some family values tour thing overcome is a great song that was that's, their single that's a deep off cut. of the, the full circle album from 2009 deep cut well it was yeah. a it was a it was a single it was a radio hit i mean when it came out it was pretty popular oh that's right because do you get you live in a part of the world where you actually have hard rock radio stations <laughs> yeah chicago does not do that and it's like it's so funny when i like drive places and just like hit scan on the radio and see what like the rock stations become much more post-grunge heavy rock so then like we have like our alternative station that's like it's nirvana and red hot chili peppers and imagine dragons and 21 pilots essentially we- and that's pretty much what we've got. We also have, we do have one random station that will play random music. Like it's like stuff that does not belong together. Oh, and is it the Jack FM will play anything? No. Well, we, we've okay. got Jack FM as well, but there's another yeah. station that's pretty random, but you know, it's funny because down in Florida, there's just really a big rock scene, especially towards the Orlando area. So yep. in Tampa, like if you watch on like the big thing was the green room, 97x the green room a lot of the songs they recorded in there they'd usually be acoustic songs became really popular and almost became like their own thing like breaking benjamin when they did so cold acoustic and that became a song that actually got played on the radio sometimes that came from 97x the green room so down in florida you had 97x and 98 rock which is funny 98 rock was actually like 97.9 they rounded up but 97x was 97.1 and then they used to have the pig or the power pig. That was that. I got in trouble for listening to that because what was the song? Um, I want to run away. The white cells or soft cell song. What was that called? Do you know what I'm talking? All about? I have is Lenny Kravitz in my head right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, well, that was a horrible story that I, 
couldn't go into it. But you know, it was like a um sometimes I feel I've got to bump bump run away. Yep. So yeah. So when that whenever it did the bump bump, we'd do pelvic thrusts and we got in a lot of trouble. We weren't allowed to listen to that <laughs> anymore. I mean, we were like eight, so we didn't really know what we were doing, besides like we saw it on like You're doing a dance move. Yeah. Yeah, it was a dance move. Or like it was like or we'd do like the WWF degeneration X suck it thing, you know. Yeah. But anywho. Alright, let's land this plane. Oh, can can we can we transition now? <laughs> I'm just making sure. I was just gonna keep talking until I don't know. I I, I was really interested in Florida radio stations in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about, oh my god. Listen, we used to sit out in like the early two thousands, we used to sit out in my minivan that I had on a ninety-six Chevy Astro. And um we'd sit out and we'd call and ask for obscure songs to the point where the DJ was like, Stop calling us. Because <laughs> we had called and asked for like Ingve Malmstein song, like stuff that does not belong on the radio. And finally he's like, Kids, stop calling. I'm not playing this stupid crap. And that was probably our greatest claim to fame. That's I, I almost made it on the radio that way. All right, guys. So thank you. I, 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 I just wanna I wanna close oh my that. God, I out just with... went to <laughs> time i'm not ending the, the diaz, episode you can do it diaz you're so caucasian oh, that's my favorite insult to scott <laughs> just send it randomly <laughs> okay so the all right really quick funny story and then then i'm gonna go to the ending if that's okay with scott so i'm actually a well, like hell you are <laughs> i'm a moderator on in 60 cycle hum and i actually had someone report one of my comments for a hate crime <laughs> not a hate crime but like hateful speech because i my last name's diaz if you look at my profile picture i look white and i, I identify as white you know i just have the last name but the funny thing, I just love making fun of white people, and especially when things are like extremely white. I think it's great. I just come from a part of town where, I mean, I hung out with people of all different races, so I kind of was like ambiguous and went wherever I wanted to go. But the so when people do things, especially Caucasian, I always think it's hilarious. Someone put up a picture of a guitar that had petrified fish in it, and like. God, I was like, I it like it had like stuffed fish or whatever, like they're dead, and it was in this uh, clear guitar that had like the river look. They did the uh, blue thing, and I said, and I said with I, my comment was with all due respect, fucking white people, and, and <laughs> Facebook took it down for hate speech, and so so I just thought it was funny. So if if you happen to listen to this episode and you were the guy who reported it, suck it. Um, all right, so thanks for listening, guys. Check us out on uh, Instagram at the effects loop. You can find us on Facebook or find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash the effects loop. Check us out on YouTube. Find us on LinkedIn. If you want to, you can send us an email at the effects loop at gmail.com. And also check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the effects loop. We want to thank our sponsor Westminster effects for supporting us and letting us support them. Guys, go check them out. Once again, I've not gotten a pedal from them that I've been disappointed in. And the good thing is, is they don't have a whole lot of demos out on stuff, so you don't have to think that it's going to, you know, you're not going to get it and think that it sucks. Yeah, my stuff's demos, Diaz. Yeah, I'd probably need to start doing some demos. Tap, um, uh, and all right, all that. so... How's that, uh, demo? Come on. You going to show off your clean dog? You going to play an open sheet? I, I can't go hide it. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
I'm sorry, that was the greatest hitting. Just defeat. Bye, guys. I I just love how many times I pissed you off today. Your new favorite game. Poke the Diaz. Piss off Diaz. Vroom, vroom. Okay. Are we ready to? All right. Three. Sink. Two. Hold up. Hold up. One. Damn it, Chris. Bobber. Let's go. All right. With arms wide open. <laughs> this episode is by Creed. And we just had to make him put the guitar down. <laughs>